0: Let me tell you how it will be We'll all catch up on the books you see Cause it's the X-Men Yeah, it's the X-Men Hello everybody and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics Podcast An X-Men Catch-Up Episode As we're going to hit a bunch of books tonight, get closer and closer to catching up with them. And I'm going to be doing three books myself, and then we'll be joined by Ruben. He's going to do two books, all by his lonesome. So five books should be on this here podcast. But before we get into that, let me tell you a little bit about us. I am sick. I feel like crap. I feel like a rattlesnake in a three legged sack race, right? That's a thing, right? That's what it is. And I've I've had a headache for three weeks straight. It has not gone away. Uh, I do have the COVID and I just can't shake it and it's killing me and I hate it. So that's that. But you can also find us at WS Marvel Comics on Twitter. If you go there and follow us, we'll follow you back. You, you can also go to our website, WeirdScienceComics.com. Dot com, weird Science Marvel dot com, right? Is that what it is? I think it is. Uh, go there and get news, previews, and reviews. Also go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash weird science where you get a lot of shows, comic shows, non-comic shows, manga stuff, TV, cartoons, but a bunch of Marvel things that you'll get as well. And one of the things that we're doing now is we have a character of the month for both DC and Marvel. And this this month of February, the pick was Scarlet Witch So that ends up kind of tying into the whole deal with the WandaVision stuff and whatnot As I'm going to be going through some appearances, first appearances, a couple good issues All those things with Scarlet Witch So we'll end up doing that So if you do want to check all those out, a lot of shows Usually about, you know, a show a day Different things going on One thing else that I did today Was record a bonus Star Wars episode With my man Pete from NYC Where we ended up starting off What we're going to do is go through The Jason Aaron Star Wars book from 2015 And then mix in the Darth Vader And then the Afra and all that And a little bonus coverage of Some past Star Wars stuff Because me and Matt are going through The current stuff right now But that is, you know, all well and good, but we're here for the X-Men book. So we're going to go off, and I'm going to be going through Excalibur, then X-Men. Then we're going to go off to Reuben, where he will end up doing Hellions and Marauders. And then we'll go back to me to finish up things with X-Force. So here we go. And that first book we're talking about, Excalibur, number 17, written by Teeny Howard, art by Marcus Toe. Colors by Eric Arcianaga and letters by V.C.'s Ariana Mayer. Other lives and dimensions. New Captain Britain Corps consisting of Betsy Braddock's from across the multiverse now stands at the ready. The only problem, Excalibur can't find their Captain Britain because she's Mm -hmm. stranded in another dimension. There she's not only Captain Britain, she's also the Queen of England. Look at us. We got the Queen of England here. We does. Uh, With that, I'd just like to say, hello, love. That's just my, that's the Queen of England. I do a spot on Queen of England. It's funny, too, because I also do a great, like, Prime Minister of France. Hello, love. And also of Canada. Hello, love. It's, it's pretty good, right? So the thing about this, I don't mind this issue. It's going to be a very quick one. Uh You end up having, you know, our world's Excalibur team joined by Pete Wisdom, trying to at least get to the point where, hey, let's go where Betsy will end up showing up if she does and when she does and whatnot, and then we go off to an alt-multiversal deal, a familiar place, it says, and find out what's happening with Betsy and what's going on as she is the the bloody clean queen of England. And so with that, the, the issues since... Oh, you know, ten of, ten of Swords, you end up to me that just they end up feeling like pieces are missing. The the connective tissue between each issue just doesn't seem to be there that much as, you know, you're wondering, oh, my God, what happened to Betsy when she ended up shattering in that love spell? Love potion number nine. I mean, whoa. And so when you see this, it's like, oh, OK, that's kind of cool. But You're kind of just there. And then you're not. It's kind of like you're you're in a dream. And some of those dreams, when you wake up and think of the dreams, and you're like, okay, I know that I did this, this, and this in the dream, but I was waking up in the morning, taking a shower. Then all of a sudden, I was in the middle of school without any pants on. And then all of a sudden, I was at a volleyball game, and I had three legs, right? But you never know what connected those. You know, each one seems interesting enough. But you're like, how did I go from there to there? And that's kind of how I feel with this book a little. And because of that, I just end up wanting the the big thing. I want Betsy back. That's pretty much it. I don't know that I have really settled in with the idea of, oh, my God, Betsy is the bloody queen of England. Holy moly. Because you're kind of there and then you're not. I mean, you're, you're there for a second and, and the things up there's interesting things. And I think that teeny Howard is giving you some wow moments, some fan service moments and whatnot in this to get to the end, but it's just not enough. And it just doesn't feel like something that's a full story to me. So I just sit there and go, okay, let's get through this and get her back. In the meantime, what it does show is number one, there is a part of the multiverse where a Betsy is fully accepted as not only a Captain Britain, but there she is, the Queen of England. So this is big, and the people of England love her. Now, in our reality, you end up not having quite that. You end up having the Coven Acaba. They're pissed, and they have been. They don't want a mutant Captain Britain. They end up would rather have Brian, but he's gone. Now, Betsy's gone, and it seems that this is their opportunity to kind of clean house, get their own deal going. And you end up having Ruben, Ruben Brousseau of Covenant come to talk to Pete Wisdom, who who loves the lollipops, and just kind of asking him and seeing what he knows. And, hey, we need to get this going. And, by the way, we have some surveillance photos of this Captain Britain Corps that is a bunch of bullcrap. This is basically our Excalibur team, you know, Jubilee, Gambit, Rogue Richter, all these that they are the, that multiversal Captain Britain Corps that Jamie ended up doing stuff with and all that. And they have photos of it and they say, this is even more nonsense. I mean, they're not even British. This is crazy. And so we're going to do something about it. In the meantime, Pete has to kind of do something about it as well. And he goes and joins up with our Excalibur team. And, again this shows teeny howard's showing that in our reality they love betsy the team excalibur they're all hashtag team betsy and they're gonna wait it out and they know that she'll return and they're gonna be there for her they'll be there to protect her all that stuff the interesting stuff though is in this multiverse familiar place where betsy is the queen of england but It's not enough for me to say like, oh, man, like it's such a one off. This seems like to me like the wild hunt before where we kind of meander there to have some and then we leave. But you do get to see Betsy's there with her boyfriend. It's Angel. And they're kind of hiding a little. You know, you can't have an American with wings be the boyfriend of the Queen of England. In the meantime, she betsy as the queen of, knows that she's our betsy but trying to fill the role and and doing that body swapping type deal as well going into the body of this multiversal queen of england even though that's also a betsy her but she's trying to tell the different characters a little bit about things that they do but that's kind of the instructions they're not really allowed to talk about the other multiverse sort of thing but what this has to do is That Betsy has to get to the lighthouse She needs to get to the lighthouse Because that's the nexus of worlds She's going to end up being able to use that To get back to our world And so as she is going to go do that You end up having Angel say Well, I need to send somebody with you Now, Angel still sees Betsy As the Queen of England here Betsy keeps trying to tell him I'm a little more than that You know, I know a little covert stuff From my world He's like, that's fine, but this isn't your world and also, you don't really know where the lighthouse is, all these things. I'm going to get you somebody that can infiltrate in, real good at sneaking around and stuff. You you know that it's Psylocke. You know that it's Quan. And so when that is revealed, it is a, a, a wow moment. And finding out that's Angel's ex-wife, all this in this world, pretty cool. But that's pretty much what you get from here on out is, you know, Kwanan and and Betsy talking back and forth about, hey, Betsy's like, I I kind of ended up, you know, stealing your body and you had mine. We had all this thing going on Freaky Friday. going, And you end up through, and they're not actually even really talking as much as using telepathy and talking with each other that way. And you end up having Silic realize that's true, what she's saying, all these things going on. Just to go and get the other moment where this dimensions lighthouse is not a lighthouse it's pretty much like the british pentagon it's a secret base of the british intelligence where they have and they have to break in there they have to get to this portal they have to but it just everything goes too quick for me everything is just like you can't even settle down in the moment of it it's just there to get her through this get her back and it just it's nice enough, it's fun at points It's just not enough And you do end up having them talking about the body switching And all that And then Betsy's saying, well what are you going to do When I get pushed through the portal You're going to be left with the actual Queen of England She won't know who you are, what not And you end up having Kwan and say Well, she'll be happy That at least she got her body back I mean, I guess so. And all this stuff, a lot of it doesn't even make much sense With me, with the portals And getting the Queen back and all that But it's it's nice enough, it's fun enough, but it just is there so that you can have a little bit of Psylocke and Betsy talking. Now, in the meantime, you have our Excalibur team fighting off Akaba. You end up having you know, Pete Wisdom goes to Excalibur. He needs to get to Krakoa, find out what's going on. Hey, is Brian here? And if not, we got to get to the Lighthouse, but that's where Excalibur is going anyway. Well, Pete says we got to get there quick. We really have to go. we got to get there because they are going to be there. Stearns is going to be there, and she's going to be wrecking house, and she's going to be trying to destroy the lighthouse because they don't want you know, Betsy to come back. They don't, they're they going to change things up, all of that stuff. And one of the things that Pete Wisdom says, which is true, if only Brian was just here, they'd just say that Brian's ca- Captain Britain. It wouldn't even matter. They'd just say that's fine and whatever. We can go on. But then they say that's why he's not here. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want to step. He's Captain Avalon now anyway. So he's not Captain Britain. He's not going to make himself, you know, seen and whatever so that they can just declare that he is missing right now. So he remains that you can't declare Captain Britain who's not there. Um, But you can kind of declare your own if Betsy doesn't come back, I guess. So you end up with a big fight. You end up with Richter calling the Druids against the the witches and warlocks of Akaba. There's a bunch of fights and whatnot, it's okay. It just to me it just ends up showing, yeah, Betsy's love. They love Betsy and they'll do whatever they want for it, but the actual fighting and stuff is not that exciting. And then all of a sudden there's a giant thing, you know, pretty much they see kind of a an explosion, the lighthouse is going nuts, everybody's getting headaches, and then Betsy's back and they go up and grab her. So they're like, all right, there's your damn Captain Britain there. Because you end up—that was not a good rogue. That was supposed to be rogue. Ah, uh, but you end up having Stearns basically say, "Listen," and Gambit even said, "This, this is my new apartment." Hey there, that's a pretty good, Gambit. Hey, the, you know the lighthouse? I was going to live here. You can't wreck it. They have the wrecking ball. They're Miley Cyrusing this thing and wrecking balling it. And you end up where Gambit's like, "This is my house now, not Run's house. My house." And you end up having Stern say, no, 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 there's no Braddock here to claim this. I need a Braddock to tell me what's going on. So when you end up having Betsy come back, that's where Rogue's like, there's your damn Braddock. So take that. And then it ends. But yeah, like I said, it's very quick. And it's just like an aside issue again that we get Betsy back. But it's just kind of like it, it seemed just too, not too quick, but just too sparse a story. For That but we do get her back But overall I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 and now I'm going to Move on to the X-Men Issue and this is X-Men Number 17 written by Jonathan Hickman Pencils by Brett Booth Jumping on here inks By Adelso Corona And colors by Sunny Go Letters by VCs Clayton Cowles and here is The recap let's get on to the Story That's what the recap is, because what has happened is there is that big galactic money collapse stuff from the Empire story, all that stuff going on where the dollar value has dropped a bit. That is causing a lot of people to get angry. That is causing a lot of people to protest. That's causing a lot of people to take matters into their own hands because some cultures, planets, whatnot, are finding out they have no money and nobody's being able to be fed, everybody's dying, all these things going on as we have a galactic recession. And usually I would say that that's not real fun stuff in a comic. I'm still going to say that. But as an aside, I do want to mention that this past couple weeks, and I mentioned this a little on a regular podcast, but there is an X-Men podcast out there. Some people may unknowingly listen to it. I don't know that they would listen to it unknowingly, but unknowingly realize that uh, they throw a lot of shade at us, especially me talking about how I don't know anything about the X-Men and that I'm a dummy and that I'm not as sexy as I may say. All those are probably true, Uh, but I just want to point out that I never claimed. That I know a ton about the X-Men But I have had people comment that they enjoy listening to the show Because I don't know that much So I'm going issue to issue And I'm going as somebody who has just started reading And wants to get involved And wants to know more And I am not above people telling me Oh, you got this wrong or, I- I'd prefer it in a nice way But, you know, oh, you said this And it was actually that, whatnot But in the meantime, you're never going to hear me Make fun of somebody or laugh because, oh, you didn't know that that was from 1978's Excalibur number three? (laughs) How dare you? And really, I should hit the deal. How dare you you not know that? I am not here to play X-Men Gatekeeper in any sort of way. So I hope that that's one of the charms of the show, if there is any. Um, So basically, what I'm trying to say is... These people who said that, if they're listening, go F off. That That's one of the things that I'm saying. But another thing that I'm saying that I'm realizing, and I listen to a couple other podcasts, a couple X-Men things, because sometimes I do need a little bit of an extra help, a little boost, like a Cliff Notes type of deal. And what I'm realizing and where I'm struggling the most with is the idea that sometimes – the books end up where I see people saying something's great. Oh, that issue's the best issue. And then I listen or I read a review online or something like that of it. And basically, what I keep seeing is people really going with, Oh, I like the characters. I like that team. And because I like that team, it's great. But I'm here for the story. And I think that that's where maybe our podcast has that little niche there where. Because I'm not so connected to all these characters In a way that I'm going to overlook a lot of things I'm here for the story and the characters And if they're not presented to somebody like me Who doesn't know them for so long I I will call that out I just wanted to say it because a lot of times I think that I might seem a little more negative Than maybe some other podcast you've listened to And also I hope that you don't think that I'm some guy Who thinks that he knows more than he does And things like that Because this the shade that we kept getting Uh, it it just it gets to me it really gets to me the idea these these guys that are saying this really seem to be more concerned about what i'm doing than what maybe they should be doing so there take that take that jerks but here we go in the x-men and we go off like i said you're going off the chandelier chandelier and with that you're going to get a little bit of the Back in, and I'm going to say back in the day, but I'm talking months ago, or at least when the new mutants started out. You're going to get stuff from that. You're going to get cannonball. You're going to get sunspot. And you're going to get the idea of what we left with with Zandra, who was the little girl who was taking over the throne of Chandelier. And she has been kidnapped. And because she's been kidnapped, you end up getting the call to The X-Men and and what I like About this what I don't like about it is This X-Men book still doesn't Feel like it's the flagship title It always feels like it's picking Up the pieces or the loose ends or things. It always feels like it's that You know book there to clean up things This shouldn't be the cleanup book This should be the I'm setting The pace here book and you follow Me instead it seems to be Stuck in the wake of a lot of things but You do end up with that X-Men team that you ended up Having Scott and Gene Leave the Quiet Council to say We need to get out there and do the X-Men thing and in this Joined by Storm as they go Off because they are Contacted by Deathbird who says That Zandra has been kidnapped we don't know where zandra is the magistrix is waiting and has disappeared you know we ended up having our magistrix in waiting because remember you had zandra who's just a little girl so she's learning the ways the ways of the court from death burden really when you're learning anything from death Bird, you're learning some hardcore stuff but she has gone missing, and they suspect maybe zealots, things like that. Because, like we said, the the economy is hit rock bottom. People are desperate. People are going to do things. Now you end up having a real old school look. And again, I said I have not read X Men all my life, but I've seen and looked at a lot of X Men, especially with stuff that we've done on our Patreon. And yeah, Brett Booth's style does look old school. I always like Brett Booth at DC, so I do like it. Uh, but you end up having Scott. Gene and Storm come through the Krakoan gate And they're met by Smasher Who says yeah we're going to go and check out Everybody who was around He ended up having Sandra captured All of her guards around dead But they didn't end up seeing or being able to see Anybody on the surveillance deal So they're going to go and talk to All the staff that was on call At that point And they have already You know looked into their minds They've used some telepathy to figure out some things Who's who and what's what and nobody seems to have anything going on in their head about doing anything bad. Well, what you get then is Gene doing something that actually recently happened over at DC. And it's something that even back in the John Byrne deal where you have Superman because he's looking for things and they know, well, we can, you know, get something with lead, you know, and Superman can't see lead. So what Superman ends up doing is looking to where there's a blank space If all of a sudden there's a moving blank space That must be a lead line car And they're a lead line because they're doing something That I'm not supposed to see And that's what Jean does here She reaches in the mind to all of these people These servants, these people who are working In the, you know, the castle The big council deal and, and she's looking for the absence Of certain things Like they're looking for The the other, you know, people on Chandler, They're looking for You know, okay, who's thinking about treason? Who's a zealot? Whatever. Well, Jean knows that these people are trained. If it's an assassin, if it's a kidnapper, and they're trained, they're trained to withstand that sort of thing. They're trained to avoid that. But they're not actually trained to avoid, to not avoid, if you know what I mean, because I don't. But she looks to see the absence of anything of that sort, finds it, knows the guy, says it's him. They end up shooting this guy. It's a funny thing where both Cyclops and Storm end up shooting this guy down. And they're like, which one do you think it was that killed? Eh, who knows? You know, column A, column B, I think we help. And they end up getting it. And it's a shapeshift. All these things going on. And then we go off to see what happened to Zandra, who has her. And it's actually er, a Stygian who is there because the Stygians are having problems because of the Great Collapse and blames. Sandra, Sandra ends up saying, listen, she's a tough little cookie. And she says, listen, I'm being blamed. And it's almost like the idea that you have that, you know, back and forth. And this happens all the time. Any new president will always blame any sort of problems on the past president. And then if there's stuff going good, that's all them. You know, you have this going on. But she does say, I'm just a little girl who just came to the throne. Uh, All these problems weren't mine. If you kill me now. I'll never be able to fix that and and she's right. the idea of you're mad at me, so you're gonna kill me and and really though er he's going against the throne, not necessarily Sandra, he wants to end her line, he wants to end the Naramani line, but he's really mad at the throne she is the symbol of that he's going to take her down, but really he's got this you know huge hammer that he's just gonna bash over a little girl. Not really the the craziest, you know, really bad ass thing there, but he's just up. But I like that she explains things and shows that she's very smart about it. And, you know, basically, hey, that's the thing. I, I want to help. You're not allowing this. And now, my reign, which lasted about a week, is going to be a blip and things are going to get worse. Maybe, you know, maybe we could all work together or whatnot. But this guy, he is an over-the-top zealot. You end up having... The X-Men then come to attack him They find him, they show up They're going, and Ur's a pretty tough customer He ends up knocking out Scott right away He ends up where you get Smasher Who grabs, Sandra, goes off And Sandra says, I can go myself here You're going to need to stay Because this is a pretty tough deal And you end up having Smasher In a little bit of comedy If you have Sunspot in an issue You're going to get some comedy She ends up calling, she's trying to call cannonball you know the, her husband she's trying to call him and say hey do that thing do that thing that we talked about but sunspot won't get the call through because he's on the, the phone with his money man because with the great collapse the piece of crap sunspot's jumping in and buying up everything he's using this and it again jonathan hickman's playing the deal and he's kind of Going you know from the time you know From the rip from the headlines type deal But this is what does happen the people with money Are able to take advantage of the Collapses like that and he ends up having a lot Of money so he's kind of grabbing all These things but Izzy has to get through To her Husband and he he keeps yelling I gotta talk I gotta talk to him And finally does get through and she's like Hey do that thing that we're Supposed to do right and says Sam Hit that thing that I told you He's like okay And he pulls out a book from the bookshelf type deal, presses a button, and it ends up releasing the Smasher core there. They come in, they're going in, and you end up having Smasher Izzy say, hey, everybody, you want to replace me one day in the Imperial Guard? You want to be a super guardian? Well, you better show us what you got. Show me what you got. They're all going to town. Everybody's beating the crap out of each other. At the one point, though, at the very end, you think, okay, we're taking care of it. Ur is not taken care of. And Ur comes up behind Zandra and is going to hit her over the head with that hammer so hard. And when he goes to do it, Storm stops it. She actually just stops it so badass. And you have a crack of thume when it happens. The thing goes back, ends up hitting Ur. He's down. And then you just have the later where you do have Zandra on the throne. And a good thing she actually says to... You know, says to Storm, if you ever need anything, I mean, you saved my butt. If you let never eat anything, you let me know. But then in the meantime, you do also have this talk, this talk with, you know, Deathbird and Zandra. And I think it's supposed to be real clever, the idea, okay, what are we doing with her? Are we going to kill him? What do we get? And you end up having Zandra realize, you know what? A lot of this trouble isn't really punishable stuff because these people are desperate. They don't have money. And this is my way of showing that I do care and I can do something. And one of the things they end up doing is they end up taking sunspot's money. He's donated a bunch of money to to the Stygians. So the Stygian people are going to be okay because they got sunspot money. He's doing it saying, allegedly I'm supposed to be happy about it, but we'll see. But one of the things that I think is supposed to be clever here is er. And they're figuring out, what should we do? And you end up having Zander say, the good people of Stygia, they'll be sent home. You know, they ended up getting a little crazy, I see. But they're desperate, desperate times. And I'm going to let them kind of work this off. I'm going to let them show me that they're better than that. Because I'm going to show them I'm better than that. So I'm going to send them home. But Er, I think that what we'll do is make him a diplomat to the throne on the matters of Stygia. I'm making the true believer a politician. Hypocrisy is a fate worse than death, wouldn't you say? And I think you're supposed to go, oh, my God, this little girl that's so clever. The problem is we just had this an Empire. It's pretty much what happens with Super Scroll. So in, in my mind, I'm just like, okay, we, we kind of had that already. But, yeah, I get it. I, I get it. But don't let him have that hammer. If he has any stuff, don't let him have anything. I wouldn't even give that guy a spoon. He's gonna end up killing you, but yeah. And then she says, "Hey, Storm. Uh, you know, you had my back. I have yours. Anything you want, you just let me know." And we, and it's funny too because as this is being said, Storm just has this look like she has like seventeen wishes that she wants immediately. And, you know, she—it's almost like she's there and you. She's counting all the things that she does. You know, or she's like, "Well, can I?" End up for my first, and it says, actually, as for you, Storm, Vanquisher of the Rebellion and Friend of the Throne, I owe you a debt. And in the coming days, should you need anything on me, feel free to collect at any time. And I'm thinking, she's like, is this like a wish that I could wish for more wishes? Is this like a, a debt that I could ask for more debts to collect? I don't know. But that's where it ends. It's okay. I like seeing some of these things kind of tied up. It's just, like I said, it's weird to have it in the flagship title. And parts of that were the things that Hickman was doing himself before, but he's not on the New Mutants there. He's not going back and forth in that story anymore. And then that story ends up having to end in the X Men book, which again, you end up having Scott and Gene that's Cole Storm, but it just ends up always feeling like this. We keep doing this. We ended up doing this before with Brood and all that. And I just, I want this book to be the one that everything. Kicks out of you know not everything Finishes up or gets cleaned up like I said At the beginning I'm not going to overdo It with that but I do like Brett Booth's art it actually made me smile Seeing his art again because I have not Had a bunch of things even on the DC side with Brett Booth So I like that so overall I'm going to go A Uh But it again it's just because This is like okay well we're cleaning This thing up and let's get going so Hopefully Things pick up from there. Hey, everybody. This is where we were going to have Ruben talk about both Hellions and Marauders. Problem is, I'm having a, a lot of snafus with the recording. I'm trying to edit that, trying to make it sound kosher, and I'm having some difficulties. And it's already past the witching hour, and I'm about to pass out. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to leave that, I'm going to edit that, and we'll end up getting that up on either the next show. The next X-Men show on the feeder, maybe even a special show, maybe even tie it into the spotlight this week on the Patreon. But I will end up doing that. So I just wanted to let you know that when you heard earlier that we were going to have that, I'm going to have that for a little later. And I'm going to go off to the X-Force book that we're going to end up this podcast with. And then, like I said, I'm going to get back to editing that all deal this week. So. Here we go to end things with X-Force. All right. And the final book is X-Force number 17, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Joshua Casera, colors by Guru FX, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna, The Thousand Deaths and One Life of Quentin Choir. Every member of X-Force is prepared to lay down their life for Krakoa, even though it means dying over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But practice does not make the mental toll easier to bear. That is unless you can find something worth living for. And this is the story of one Kid Omega, Quentin Quire, who the joke is, and it's a funny joke, this, he just keeps dying. He keeps dying. And I did laugh at the cover. You end up having the cover, and you have him with the cuckoo Phoebe walking, where you also have a shirt that he has. I died a hundred times, and all I got was this slousy T-shirt. That makes me giggle. You even see a comic book on the very corner. There and I'm going to see, and I don't know. Some people would know what that is, but you end up having all this while the X Force team is, you know, pretty much causing destruction and mayhem behind Quentin. But he's there. He's in love. Him and Phoebe forever. And then you go into this book, and you do end up seeing that the the deaths that we saw, which were already enough, they were already enough that we realized that this is the joke. Quentin is getting killed, even when they're not even on a mission. This guy can't help but not getting killed. But, yeah, this is something that has been over and over and over. Well, he ends up at this point going to check out a cruise ship that has sent out a distress call, seemingly saying that it has been attacked by mutants because it got too close to Krakoa. That seems to be a big setup, and we kind of see that it was. But it also is a setup for Quentin to get there. To fly off he is one Of the Omega you know Mutants so he's a big deal he just Keeps running into death But death doesn't matter Or does it because you can come back But what's happening with Quentin? Because I think that it's obvious to Say that he is the mutant who's died the Most he keeps dying keeps dying Keeps dying and every time You come back you do lose A little a lot of the thing is you, you Only go to the backup that You had And so when you do come back, you don't really know how you died. If nobody's there and nobody finds exact, you know, info, whatever, you're never going to know that. And so he ends up and he's on this cruise ship, all these people dead. He ends up sensing fear and, uh, uh, you know, actually sensing kind of a little bit of life down below. He goes down, finds this girl who's scared and ends up, please don't hurt me. Please don't hurt me. Quentin says, no, 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 there's no need. To be afraid. I'm the good guy. And she's like, no, you're the bad guy. And then you end up having a deal. And he says, but that's impossible and looks behind. And at first I thought that this was something of, oh my God, who was it? I'm telling you, at one point I'm like, it's the cuckoos. In a, or then I'm thinking it's, you know, some, but what it seems as if it's going on is the idea that there are visions, doppelgangers, whatever. That are causing these deaths on the ship because even when they get some of the survivors, there are some survivors and they end up being able to check out and, you know, look into their minds, and they are in their minds killed by Wolverine, killed by, you know, Colossus. But the problem is, at the point where this guy said in his mind, he thinks Wolverine killed him, and he has slashes on his chest, but Quentin's smart enough to say these claw marks, they're several centimeters off. And also Wolverine, he was On Marjorie now in the meantime I didn't even say, Quentin gets killed And then he gets resurrected, he doesn't know What happened, he can't figure out What the deal is And with that, these survivors That they go, and even they find that little girl That he ended up going uh, there And she, in her mind Was killed by a monstrosity Of a Kid Omega That's why I think he ends up turning around And saying Oh, my God, like this is important because there are things there that are these, you know, monstrosity deal, these monster versions of them that were killing everyone. But you end up where he's starting to feel the effects of coming back. He's starting to feel the resurrection deal. What he's feeling is that he's missing pieces of himself, that every time he comes back and there's that little gap that he'll never get back. Too many of those are adding up he doesn't feel complete he doesn't feel whole well phoebe is there for him and says you got to really open up though you've never opened up it's one thing that that is the the thing that defines you is that you're arrogant but i know that there's something below there's insecurity down below in you but you want to play that off as being arrogant let me see what the real you is And he ends up showing, and he was adopted, ended up killing his parents. Uh, All these things where when his powers were coming to, but even then his parents said he was nothing, you'll never be anything, you're weak. And then that's what the bullies at school said. All these, and you get it very quick. You get it in a couple things. You even get it in a very visual way where there's this, like, omega key that he unlocks his brain with, and you see that. But that's part of the deal. He starts crying. But Phoebe's there to say it's, it's fine. You know, almost like the idea you don't have to be the best and strongest all the time. You can be vulnerable a bit and you can work through these. And he is, he's falling head over heels for Phoebe. And that's where even in that intro paragraph thing, it ends up saying that. He ends up dying, dying. What does it mean? Well, it doesn't mean anything until you have something really to live for. And that's kind of the thing that I get from this. And I like Kid Omega. I know people get annoyed with him. I like him. Again, I say this all the time. I like the characters that are jerks. You know why? Because most of the time when they're heroes, even if they're jerks. Now, I will go to the DC side of things as I do only because I have more of an overall scope of that. Like a Damian Wayne or a Guy Gardner. They're jerks right Well they're also heroes so they have to have something And when they open up And show that they do care They show that that bravado Is to hide insecurities And show that they are vulnerable It makes it that much better It's like one of those things Like if if I tell everybody that Captain America He's a great guy You're like yeah Like really like it seems nowadays That's enough to be able to write a character You know hey that character is great right But You know that and he always is that You know unless Nick Spencer gets his hands On him but we won't even go with that but you end up The whole idea of these That gives more layers I like Layers of characters I love that Kid Omega Is a kid he Says and through this whole issue when He's like oh man where's the rest of the X-Force It doesn't matter I'm kind of the leader they're just My sidekicks and this is He does think that he's an Omega Mutant but he also has that insecurity. he has to keep telling people that so that in his mind they think it because he's afraid. They don't, and he, he's afraid he's not enough. So when that layers get to, I love it. I think that's great, and I like seeing him open up. I still don't trust Phoebe one bit because we saw a couple of bad things, but you end up where you, you're like Clinton, man. You're doing it now. I mean, he's living the good life now. He actually has a reason to live. He has a girlfriend here. He's opened up. He's opened up to a point where he cried. It's like he's you know on the couch talking with Oprah. And now he's ready to go. And as they go, you do see, and you're like, really? Really, Ben? Really, Ben Percy? <laughs> because he's walking with Phoebe, saying he's the best of times. And a piano snaps up. at uh, The piano moves her, and it's going to crash right on him. He's going to die again, and he won't remember this. That's the thing. The ploy is, if he dies right here, this is not part of the backup. He won't remember any of that. And he ends up sensing that the piano is there and uses his powers to move it. He does not die. You're like, thank God. Now get back and, and get your backup copy going because you got to remember this. And so he goes, and what is going on, though, is Phoebe says, you got an outdated look. You know, basically, you're there. You're still in the 90s, early 2000s. You're in high school, but now we're living life. You're all this. It's almost like the guy who's there. And he graduated 20 years ago And he's still wearing his high school Letterman's jacket That he can't even button anymore Because he's gained too much weight since then But he's still got to wear it He's heading out, he's putting that coat on Because everybody remembers me for this And so they're going to give him a little makeover You're going to get a new outfit and you, you have a little fun with it Where you go through some different looks that they're, they're pretty ridiculous I mean, one basically makes him. Look like glob but still You end up with a wolverine look You end up with a shire you know almost A gladiator look stuff like that going On a cable look but he ends Up getting a look that's this pink and Black outfit Looks pretty classy looks like One of the actually to me it reminds me A lot of the Original x-men movie Look with the black outfit but he's Got the pink he's got the omega symbol On his shoulders looks pretty cool and Phoebe likes it as well Uh Yeah, so with all of that though You ended up having Jumbo doing all this And then he starts screaming Oh my god, you end up having somebody attack It does look like it would probably be You know, the deal of these doppelganger deals And then you go off and see The peacock tattooed man Which we haven't seen in a while uh, Mainly because of Ten of Swords and whatnot But he's there in his lab With cooking up the hands and the ears and the livers And he says "Ooh, you're, you're getting stronger aren't you Soon you'll be ready for what's next And we'll see what that is But it, it's a quick issue It's a kid Omega issue obviously I actually liked it I saw that a lot of people are down with this book Down with this issue I was not I actually And, and again This is a thing that I talk to a bunch of people When you're on the Patreon We have a Slack chat that we all talk And we have a Marvel channel And in between books Even while I was recording right here I end up getting on, I'm talking to some people about the idea of, you know, some of these books really leaving me behind at points. At one point, I really thought that it was trying to get everybody involved, but it's kind of devolved from that and said like, yeah, well, we'll just deal with old school fans and things like that. We're not going to, you know, let them in on stuff. And I, I do feel at points where I want to know more and I want to be invested, but there's this roadblock up. There's a speed bump that I have to get over and almost to the point where this speed bump is me having to read books that I'm not enjoying, hoping that there's a light at the end of the tunnel that the, that or actually a light bulb will go up above my head and say, oh, my God, I get it now. But it, it's tough for me sometimes. And I think that one of the things and this is just podcasting in general, even reviewing in general, I do not mind if. A podcaster or a reviewer goes through Stretches of not liking things Not liking something Doesn't mean that you have to give it up Like I, I hear this all the time Oh, If you're not liking that, why are you even doing this podcast I think that the dangerous Thing is to not care About something anymore th- To not be invested at all To actually just kind of sleep well That's the the thing that I don't like If you're there and you just don't care about it anymore That's when you should stop doing it and maybe concentrate on some other books or whatnot. And I don't want to get to that point with the X-Men books. I like a a lot of what's going on, but you can tell this is why at points I'm kind of leaving some behind, which I usually don't do, but it's not because I don't like them. It's because I'm getting a little disinterested in them because they're leaving me behind. I'm like Kirk Cameron left behind. I don't want to be Kirk Cameron. And so Eventually, we'll get back to things. I keep reading them. I'm just not talking about them on the podcast again, so I don't want to be like, "Yeah, well, we do this and yeah, we do that." But again, I don't mind if you end up having a podcaster like, "Oh my god, I haven't liked so and so book in four months." Well, that actually, to me, as long as they're being honest with it and they're explaining it and they're telling you what they don't like or like about it. I think that there are stretches of them. They're being honest. And they actually, that shows to me that they do want more. They do want better. So I don't know why I went into this little rambling uh, deal, ramble on like Led Zeppelin once sang. But yeah, I, I like this. Get back to that, right? I, I say all of that when I actually like this book. I'm giving this an eight out of 10. And it does show, like people aren't digging. I have a lot of people when they're dropping books. And what what I'm also seeing, is that after Ten of Swords, that ended up forcing you to read all the books. Uh, Myself, I thought that because of that, we'd come out of Ten of Swords with a more overly connected universe, an X-verse with all the books, and and that doesn't seem to be quite the case. But I think that people coming out of Ten of Swords were a little pissed off, and a lot of them are starting to say, you know, messaging me, I'm dropping this book, or I'm not going to read that book. X-Force is one of the ones that keeps coming up, and I think that I'm here because these, this is a book that I actually know the characters and I can kind of go forward with. And like I said, I'm reading stuff like New Mutants still, and I'm reading X Factor. It's just that I have to get to a point where I'm on solid ground with it and, and not wobbly ground. You can't build a podcasting thing on a foundation of sand. You can't. That doesn't work. And then the, po- so. Eventually we'll have those so if anybody's like Why isn't he reading those that is my explanation But yeah 8 out of 10 for this and overall uh, I'm going to get there I'm going to get caught up me and Ruben Will do that so thanks Ruben for Filling in on those two books to Help me get to that point uh, Coming up this next Week we'll have a bunch and maybe even Have a special extra episode like We did with the regular books last week so We'll get there we will get there I promise Uh, But I'm going to go off to go to bed and try to get some sleep. I haven't been sleeping well at all. But overall, go over to our Twitter at WSMarvelComics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to the website, WeirdScienceMarvelComics.com. Reviews, previews, and reviews, I think. Also, go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash science. Then you could be in the Slack, and then you can fill me in on things. And even so, if you end up following us on Twitter and you... Notice that I said something that wasn't quite right. Or you have a suggestion where maybe I say something like, I don't really know about that character. I'd like to know more about. And you're like, oh, my God, it's my favorite character. And you message me and say, what you should do is go and read this or check out this or even just explain some stuff to me. Tell me why you love that character. Tell me the connections and all that. I, I'll be indebted to you for life. I really will. And I'm not lying. I don't lie about stuff like that. I only lie to my wife to make her feel better. You know, sometimes you have to do that. But I, I on the podcast and stuff, I try to be as open and honest as I can be. And so, yeah, you let me know because I know I don't know everything. I'm not a pretentious prick like some other podcast. I'm not going to, you know, throw shade at anybody like that. So, hey, there you go. I'm in a bad mood. I hope it didn't come out throughout all of this, but I'm in a real pissy mood. Hello, Luff. Why don't you get out of your pissy mood, does ya? That's the Queen of England. You didn't know that, did ya? The Queen of England was with you us. Are failing us. Oh my God, Greta, that was not nice. That was not nice, Gratus. Why's you doing that? Oh my God, that was Prince Charles. You didn't know that we had so many things here. Now, I I say all these things, and I don't know if I've really spelled it out on this podcast. My mom is still a British citizen, and I've been to England a bunch of times, and I love it. I just like to pretend that I am there and have a great accent. I think, and the whole deal is I'm pretty much half British, but yet I think I do a better Australian accent than a actual british i i think that that's my forte right it goes like this hello love actually it doesn't but i D- do you call that a knife that ain't no spoony forky see i do it pretty good <laughs> see i'm i'm actually picking up the pace here as we end i'm actually in a better mood now that i got things up my chest i'm like quentin when you can open up then you, you get that off your chest There has been the thing The thing about the getting shaved around That that always upsets me It always does And I feel like I don't know I just want to be friends I just want hugs Hugging and a kissing Not a fussing and a fighting We're not in this for the fussing and a fighting Are we? I've stolen my oh, dreams Greta She's always bringing me down But everybody thanks I'm going to go now I'm going to stop being ridiculous Hey Thanks for listening And I'll see you in a couple of days if you listen to the regular podcasts, because we'll be back on Wednesday night with the regular show. So see you then.